Hey, this is Scotty Vermillion. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Daniel Boone podcast today. We would like to invite you to worship with us at Daniel Boone Baptist Church in Gate City, Virginia on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock. Or you can join us on Facebook for live sermons and daily interactions that will keep you in touch with God and in step with His kingdom. God has given me a word to give you today, and I'm going to read out of the NIV because that translation had a couple phrases in it that hit me that I want to present to you. But if you would, I don't have a lot of scripture on here today. It's really just go to your Bible, open up your Bible app. If you're on your phone, I know and trust that you're on your Bible app. So that's where we'll be today. We're going to be in in Genesis chapter 24 and Romans chapter 4. Okay, that's where we'll be. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that you have set aside for these people, for me, for us to hear from you. Anything that's not not of you that's here this morning, God, I I demand it gone in the name of Jesus. And I pray that uh, by your spirit that we would have our hearts and our ears and our minds open to hear and receive what you have for us today. So God, that's our prayer and our desire. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I think I'm going to start in Romans chapter 4. Starting a little series here, and I think I'm going to go three weeks right now. That's what I have in, on the table. It may go longer, and I may end it next week, but three weeks, is, I believe, will do. But the series is titled You Choose, and we could go in a million different directions. But over the last few weeks, the Lord has reminded me that so much of my attitude, so much of my um, peace, my joy, it is determined on my choice. You know what I mean? And so today we're going to look at a couple perspectives because basically, and we all know those folks, and it can be us from time to time, we basically determine the path of our life. We truly do. We determine the path of our life. Now, I didn't say it's going to be smooth and no bumps and no roadblocks and no plan Bs and all that stuff. I'm not talking about that. Basically, today, what we're going to really investigate is the level at which you apply your faith, or should I say, the level at which you you apply your steps to your faith in God. And that's kind of where we're going to be. We're going to talk about Abraham. And we're going to investigate a couple different perspectives. And you're going to choose the title of this sermon for yourself. It's either going to be, What If?, That can be your title, or it's going to be He Will. It's going to be what if, or it's going to be He Will. When we get to Genesis chapter 24, you're going to understand it. But we're going to talk about Abraham for just a minute. Dave, you had no idea, did you, Sophie and Sophie and Matt, that I was going to uh, read this this passage to you, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20, did you? Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. says, for all the promises of God in Him, in Him, are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Raise your hand if, if you have ever looked and thought, I wish that I could receive the blessings that I see in other people. Raise your hand if that's you. 
I do it all the time. I do it all the time. I'm like, God, you have blessed them in a mighty way, whether it's in any good health, you know, all that. The Bible says that all of His promises to us in Him are yes and amen. And here's what that means. There are no no's in God, which is fascinating to me. Yes, He can say no to your prayer because your prayer ain't lined up in Him. But when you get in Him, Dave and I, we had this sermon we'd like to go back to every now and then. We've listened to it two or three times, but it's either T.D. Jakes or Stephen Furtick. I'm not sure which one it is. But he says if you can just get in the area, the region, to experience God, He'll reach out and grab you. If you can just get close. Because let's face it, we don't, we don't always know exactly what to do or where to go, do we? But we're trying, are we not? Like, I'm a bad guy, but I'm not that bad. I'm trying. Anybody else feel that way? You know, I'm not a great guy, but I'm not a bad guy. You know, same thing with you. I'm trying. It's the same thing in your walk with Christ. It's like you, you don't always have to get it right. I just want to encourage you in that. You don't always have to get it right. And when you stumble and mess up, get back on track. If you can just get in the region in Him, His promises are yes and amen. And I believe we can get to a place where we're no longer looking at other people's blessings and thinking, I wish I had what they had, but we'll actually be looking at what we've got in Him and be praising God like we were this morning. God, thank You. Spirit, lead me. Because I know that's where it's really at. 2 Corinthians 1.20, all His promises are yes and amen. So, if God has promised you something, do you think He's going to do it? Now, we sit in church today and say yes, but I'm just going to be honest with you. I tell myself there's no way He can bless me in that way. More often than I say, He's going to bless me in that way. I'm a hypocrite in my own spirit. So, knowing this, that God's promised you something and He's going to do it, Guess what it says in Genesis chapter 15, verse 5. You remember when Mary was pregnant? The Bible says in verse 5, I got to go there. I got to read it to you. You got to hear this. Genesis 15, verse 5. Write these down to study them this week. It says, Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars. That's the wrong one. Oh, goodness. I'm sorry. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Keep flipping. I like to hear that. Keep flipping. Luke chapter 1. We'll get to Genesis 15 in a minute. Verses 36, 37, and 38. There we go. Makes more sense. I'm going to start with 36. I'm going to back up and start 35. It says, The angel answered and said to her, Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Verse 36, Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Verse 37, read it to the kids today. For with God, nothing will be impossible. How many virgins do you know that's, that's ever gotten pregnant? One. Mary. That's it. 
So in, in, in our carnal mind, in our earthly mind, in our human understanding, that's an impossibility, is it not? But with God, all things are possible. And if He's made you a promise, and, and listen, it don't have to be big. It's not like, like He may have made you a promise at some point in time in your walk with Him that you will get over this, or you will get through this, or you will love again, or you will have peace again, or you will laugh again. One of those things. That's a promise from God. See, all of His promises are good. Like He has good for us. I heard that coming to church today. He has good in store for us. Goodness is the word that was used. Not good things. Don't get your eyes on things. Goodness. He has goodness in store for us. Isn't that good? Verse 37, For with God nothing will be impossible. It's all throughout Scripture. And so you've got a choice to either believe your fears, what if. Y'all know those people? Let's go swim across the river. What if we snag our foot on a tree limb? Or what if the current... And I'm not, I'm not telling anybody to swim across the river, across the quarry pond. Don't hear me wrong. But, but what I'm saying is, you know the people that always find the thing that you shouldn't do or the thing that could happen if you do what God may be calling you to do, or maybe you're just wanting to do it. I don't know. The what ifs. You got a choice. You can either, you can either walk in the what if. And I'm going to read it to you in a few minutes and you're going to be blessed because Abraham, it, it, it hits, it hits home uh, it, to me and it will to you. Or will you walk in the he can or he wills? And so that's the challenge today. Go to Romans chapter 4. This is Paul speaking to the, to the Romans. Romans chapter 4. And I'm going to read it out of the NIV. So i got to get my trusty old Bible app out. Is that cool? I may lose myself today. Is that okay? I made this while I was on the road driving. It's a joke. I didn't really. I have seen people doing that, though. We saw one uh, on the highway yesterday. Anyway, not safe. Don't do that. It's illegal. We'll be in these two places. And we're going to look at perspective, resolve, and, and perseverance today uh, in faith. Go to Romans chapter 4. Starting in verse 16. Because here's the deal. Here is the kingdom of God. From, this is where the Lord breathed on me this week. We as children of God saved. Those of us who have accepted Christ and said He's my Savior, most of us, if we're honest, once we get saved, and we'll try for just a little while and then we'll, we'll just go back to our old stuff because we can't see it working. And the reason we can't see it working is because God, as, as in the Word of God, and we're going to see that in a minute, He honors faith. You see what I mean? He honors faith. Like He honors like God's in the pool and he's asking his two-year-old to jump in. And, and really all we are supposed to do as a two-year-old is jump in and trust him. You see what I'm talking about? He honors faith. Romans chapter 4, talking about faith. It says, therefore, and they were debating what it was. Is Paul's addressing something like, if I do A, B, C, and D, and he was talking about circumcision, then I become a child of God. And Paul says, no, 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 no. You got it backwards. Abraham 
God was pleased with Abraham way before he was circumcised. I read that this week. He wasn't circumcised until he was very old. I want to say he was 100. Don't quote me on that. Go look for it yourself, but he was old. But way before that, God promised him some stuff. Which means there's nothing we could possibly do to inherit the kingdom of God or to inherit His blessings. Can we, as, as unsaved people, still live a life that is successful? Absolutely, you can. Successful financially, you might have successful relationships, and we see it all the time. But at the end of the day, when God comes calling, they're going to have to answer that question. And in Him is where blessings are. We're talking about faith. Therefore, verse 16, the promise comes by faith. If you're sitting around and waiting to see it before you claim it, you can forget it. I don't know who that's for. But it's like a marriage. When you get married, you see people that you want to emulate. Some older folks, you know what I'm saying? I had plenty of those in our church. Man, I had some church mamas and daddies, and now they're church grandmas and granddads, and they're examples to me. But marriage is like that. You start off, and then after about a year or two, now she really knows you. You see what I mean? And vice versa. You start, and it's, it's a walk of faith. And remember what I said earlier, God prepares an environment for you way before He puts you in it. And so the promise comes by faith. Like, like when we got married, did I say to myself, is she going to be faithful for decades and decades? I didn't know that, did I? I mean, to really know that, I didn't know, did I? No. But by faith in her character and in God's character, I just stepped. You see what I'm talking about? Now, that's just about marriage, but it's the same thing about kids. It's like when you first start with kids, like there's been a couple times in my tour here that she and I both wanted, I shouldn't say it because I might get banned on the Facebook. We, we wanted to, you know what I mean, bust her hind in. But it's a process. And by faith, you trust that if you teach and you keep teaching, and you discipline, and you keep loving, and you teach, and you discipline, and you love, and you teach, you trust that eventually, eventually they get it. The Bible says, teach a child, train up a child in the way that he, he or she should go, and when they are old, they won't depart from it. They're going to depart from it from time to time. Now, that's not an excuse for y'all to do it, because I'll still beat you. I'm just kidding. But therefore, the promise comes by faith. We, we walk in faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all of Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, circumcision, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, verse 17, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our Father in the sight of God in whom He believed. The God who gives life to the dead. Listen to this. This is important. The God who gives life to the dead. Do you have something dead that you'd like to see brought back to life again? He gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. The hidden things of God. Have you ever read that passage? Like there are things out there that I know God has for me. He's told me in my spirit, and I can't tell you exactly what they are. I just know they're out there. Those are the hidden things of God that he's talking about where it says, 
bring into being those things which were not. Verse 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Now you might say, well, that's just a Bible story. No, 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 it's real. How old was Abraham when he had Isaac? Anybody know? A hundred. All right, any of y'all hundred? You see what I mean? Sarah was right there with him. The Bible is very clear. Her womb was dead, and he was way past being a father at 100 years old. He was promised a son when he was 75, and he believed God. And it was 25 more years before he saw the fruit of it. He had a couple hiccups. He had a couple uh, stops. Him, Hagar, Sarah offered Hagar, her maidservant, up and said, hey, I'm never going to have a kid. I know God's promised you this. Go ahead and use Hagar and marry, you know, have, have a baby with her. She has Ishmael, and God says, that's not the one. But did Abraham love Ishmael? Absolutely. And God even promised to make Ishmael. Twelve tribes come from Ishmael. Long story short. And did you know that at one time when Isaac was born, that Sarah told Abraham, get them out of here because she saw Hagar kind of snickering when Isaac was born and it made her mad. Mamas, you ever, you ever seen anybody make fun of your kid or anything like that? Yeah, that's how she felt. And she tells Abraham to get rid of him. Basically, I'm giving you my translation. And so Abraham had to send his own son whom he loved packing. Abraham's life wasn't easy. If you think about what it talks about Abraham, his life was very difficult. And I, I, would, I would put it like this. The more places God calls you to lead, the tougher your walk is. It's just the truth. That's my experience. Maybe you have a different experience. But with increase comes responsibility, comes tough, tough things. Thursday's video, I hope you heard, with progress comes problems. That's what it said. That's what I was trying to tell you. And so we see here in verse Going back to 19 or verse 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope, against all hope, he was 100 years old, believed. And so he became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring, offspring be. Listen to what verse 19 says. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. And that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet in verse 20, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. Now, if I would say raise your hand, most of you would. How many of you all have started on a track of faith and got so far out there and didn't see fruit that you thought you'd see and you gave up and went home? Okay, if you were honest, raise your hand if that's ever happened to you. Amen, me too. Yeah, you just didn't see the fruit immediately. Remember, God prepares an environment for you way before He pulls you or draws you to go through it to prepare you. But it says here, yet He did not waver through unbelief. What was Abraham credit? What was righteousness credited Abraham for? Faith. Here's all faith is: He believed God. That's it. If God tells you in His Word that He has good things for you, you can believe Him. If He tells you that all things work together, even when you're in the dark night of your soul, walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you can believe that God has goodness in store for you. You can believe it. 
you might not experience it. Time being. <laughs> but goodness is ahead and mercy. They follow you all the days of your life. You can believe those promises. It says here that he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Now, here's the danger here, and I'll try to get back up. Now, I may lose myself, but this just hit me. We can't go, I'm, I'm going to be weird. We can't go to big break and say, you know what, I believe that if, I believe God wants me to have this jackpot. I'm not saying you're sinning or anything else. I'm not even, I don't even want to go there. I'm just saying we can't take something like that and say, I'm going to buy this ticket and in faith believe that God is going to, you see what I'm talking about? So don't take it to a place like that or that God wants me to have all these neat things and you, then you go so far in debt that you can't afford it. That's, that's not what I'm saying here today. What I'm saying is if God has given you something in your spirit and maybe he's let you see it, maybe he's let you see it and he's promised it to you, he's going to do it. But you have a part to play. I believe there's a lot of people walking in the kingdom and never experiencing the promises God has for them. Peace is one of them. You know what I'm saying? Peace is one of them. He can give you peace, but you got to take it. You got to take it. You can't keep going to places that rob your peace. Like you got, some of you stay on Instagram or you stay on Facebook or you stay on that stuff and you get so aggravated. I, I, I used to get on CNN and Fox News and Newsmax and watch all that garbage. And I would get so patriotic and upset. And then I would look in the mirror and be like, is this godly the way you feel right now? You know what I'm saying? The things that you're getting ready to come out of your mouth? No, it's not. And so those promises of peace, God will always lead you. If He's trying to help you acquire peace in your life, He will lead you away from things that are disturbing your peace. He'll make you see them. He'll help you to see them. He may lead you away from a relationship that's killing your peace. He'll help you to see that too. And so now go to Genesis chapter 24. We're going to... Uh, Compare our lives with Abraham. I believe perspective is one of the most powerful things we have, most powerful tools we have. And we get to choose our own perspective. Like when we started seasons of basketball, we may not have had a big man, or we may not have had a great shooter, or we may not have had whatever. We always have deficits, kind of like me, kind of like you. We all have deficits. And so what you do is you play to your strengths, and you figure out where you're weak, and you try to, you try to make your, um, you try to maximize the things that you do well to maximize your chances of winning, okay? And it's all about perspective, because if I go into a season as a coach who's preparing a team in the fall at 5.30 in the morning, and I look and say, man, my players aren't as good as theirs. And my perspective is, and that may be the truth. I'm not telling you to deny the truth. But my perspective is, then we're going to have to play harder. We're going to have to play better in these areas, and we're going to have to take better shots. So y'all get it. Okay, y'all get that. 
Perspective is important. And many times you and I get in situations in life, and I do it all the time. Listen, I've done it recently. I, I probably do it daily. And I throw my hands up, and I throw my Bible down, and I throw my phone away, and I'm like, seriously? Am I the only one? You, you hear what I'm saying? And then God brought me back to perspective. The circumstances that draw you, that draw out your hidden gift, your hidden talent, your hidden ability, those hidden things of God, they will seldom be attractive or desirable. So if you say you want to grow in Christ and you want to be discipled, well, you better put your boxing gloves on. You better put your knee pads on because you're going to do a lot of praying. Put your elbow pads on. Put your helmet on, okay, because you're getting ready to go to war. It's just the truth. Now, it's the only way you can receive the blessings of God because in Him we find that the promises are yes and amen. Can you succeed without Him? To a certain degree. But at the end of the day, are you really succeeding? And many of us have been there. The circumstances that draw the hidden things out are almost always undesirable. I hated 530 workouts three times a week. I hated them. I hated them. I, I didn't consider not playing ball, but I considered not playing ball. You know what I mean? I absolutely hated them. I looked forward to Friday at 8 a.m. I could go to breakfast, go to class, and go take a nap. You college students know what I'm talking about. And so as we move into it, I think God's saying this. When we move in the direction of faith, we're going to experience some stuff. That's when the breakthrough happens. Like we, some, So many of us never experience powerful God moves in your life in our lives because we never take steps towards faith. And I don't know what part of your life I'm speaking to. I know what part I'm speaking to. I know what part he's speaking to. He and I spend a lot of time in conversation, don't we? So we're close. And my wife, I know, we're, I know what part she's speaking to. But only you and God really know those places where he's calling you out, saying, come, out, come, come, come to me, Peter. You hear what I'm saying? Step out of the boat. That's where the breakthrough happens. The breakthrough will come through seemingly adverse environmental conditions. When things are seemingly at their worst, that's when God steps in. And many of us say, what if? What if the storm hits? I better not get in that boat. It might get stormy. And so we stay on the shore and we never experience Jesus coming to us walking on water. And when Jesus got to them, do you know the story? Y'all know the story? Do you know what happened when they saw him? It scared them. Sometimes the Lord is the closest when we're the most scared. Isn't that crazy? I mean, we want peace and we want smooth sailing. But sometimes that's not when we experience God. We experience God when we are in the middle of a conflict. And he speaks a word of peace to us with a still small voice. Who's ever heard that word of peace that I'm talking about? Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about. Go to Genesis chapter 24. Starting in verse 1. I'm reading it out of the NIV. I could spend 10 minutes on verse 1, but I'm not going to. Verse 1 says, Abraham was now very old. He was very old. This was after Isaac was born. This was after he took Isaac and offered him up on the mountain. 
And God stopped him and said, now I know that, that you'll do what I ask you to do. And now Isaac is the son of the promise. Y'all remember that little genealogy we did a few weeks ago? It says Abraham was now very old. He was getting ready to die. Okay? And, listen to this, the Lord had blessed him in every way. Now I want you to think of the worst time that you ever went through. I don't want to take you to a bad place, but I do want you to consider that right now. Think of the worst personal time you ever went through. Abraham had those times. He experienced the same thing you're thinking. And the Bible records in Genesis chapter 24 that the Lord had blessed him in every way. It doesn't mention all those times like he had to kick Ishmael out of his son, Ishmael. It didn't talk about the 25 years he was going, God, where's my son? You promised him to me, where is he? It didn't talk about those. It says that the Lord had blessed him in every way. Verse 2 said, He said to the senior servant in his household, Abraham did, the one in charge of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh. It's it's a a sign of an oath. Verse 3, I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites. Do I need to give you a quick history lesson? God promised him a land, the promised land, y'all remember that? And a people. And so Abram, Abraham took off and he moved in the direction of the promise. You need to write that down. He moved in the direction of the promise. And here is Isaac, the one through whom the promise is going to come. And they're moving into the direction of the promised land, but they still had a people. And Abraham tells them, says, do not get a son or a wife for my son from the Canaanites among whom I am living. See, he was living in a foreign land, but God was calling him to a promise. Do any of y'all ever feel like you live in a foreign land as children of God? I do. Turn on CNN and Fox News and Newsmax, and you'll figure out that you do live in a foreign land. And that's not going to change. Read Revelation. I mean, it's all through there. Okay. He says here, but will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. Verse 5, this is, your, this is where the first what if came from. The servant asked him, what if the woman is unwilling to come back with me to this land? Shall I then take your son back? Shall we go in reverse to the country that you came from? And so the first perspective is what if. I'm learning that if I'm going to walk, I've told you all the story about me coming here. And it ain't got nothing to do with me or Leanne or anything else. It has everything to do with the Lord. I sent Dave a a text. I said, man, I think the Lord wants wants me to get an answer from you. Do you think he'll give you an answer for me? And he said, yeah, I know he will. And I said, okay, pray. I'm looking for an answer. And 30 minutes later, he texts me back and says, God God said don't change the question. And I had changed the question. Y'all know the story? I told y'all that story? I changed the stinking question. And so I was like, okay. And he said, write it down. And so I wrote it down. He said, yes and amen. The question was, do you want Leanne and me to come here to this church? Because all the other things were pointing something else. 
but my spirit told me to come here. You hear what I'm saying? And I was like, man, I need an answer. And it came through him. Abraham did the same thing. I'm convinced that if you want to receive the blessings that God has for you, you have to walk by faith. I'm convinced of it. Is anybody else convinced of that? If you have to see where you're going all the time, you can forget it. You can probably plan your way, and God can take care of you. He can do anything He chooses to do. I'm not saying He won't, and I'm not saying He can't, and I'm not saying that might not be your calling. Your calling may be to sit at home and minister to people through Facebook. That may be your calling. It very well could be. But I believe you have to walk by faith. The servant asked him, what if the woman won't come back? Shall I take Isaac back there? Listen to what he said. Verse 6, make sure that you do not take my son back there. I don't know where I'm at on here, but we're going to stop there for just a second. Perspective. How we view our situation will determine how we attack it. That's important. Here's where Abraham lived his life. And as you're reading this, I want you to think about where do you live your life? I have spent many, many, many decades, years, living kind of for God, you know what I mean? Trying to do right and keep my life clean and all that stuff. And I'm still a bad dude. And you all are too. We're all bad. But we're not that bad, right? Where do you hang your hat? Abraham hung it right here. It says, then he, God, brought him outside and said this to Abraham. Back in chapter 15, verse 5, I tried to take you there earlier. Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And maybe God is saying to you, do you remember that time in your life when you had peace and everything was in order and things were okay? Do you remember that time? And he may draw your attention to that. And he might be saying to you, I'm going to take you back there. Or I'm going to take you further. Maybe God's taking you outside and saying, hey, I'm going to give you something you've never seen before and it's going to be good. I just can't tell you what it is yet. You know what I'm talking about? When I was 12, my uncle got me a bike. I told you all that story. And I saw my cousins riding their bike. And, man, I didn't even think about getting a new bike. I always got, you know, their old bikes. But he, he brought me, he bought me a new bike. Well, he didn't tell me he was going to buy it for me. He didn't tell me what he had bought. He didn't show me a picture of it. It, was, it wasn't until I walked around the house and he was telling me to come over here that he showed me the bicycle that he had bought for me. And that's kind of how walking in faith is. We might not see it. But it's something that we kind of would like to have, desire in our own spirit according to God's will. And that's what he says to Abraham. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And so go back to verse 5. And we're going to go over about five minutes today, but it's going to be okay. We all need this. The servant asked him, what if the woman is unwilling? And he says in verse 6, make sure that you do not take my son back there. My question to you is, where in your life have you drawn a line on some things? Abraham drew a line on going back. He said, I'm not going back. I'm believing God for this. He's blessed me with Isaac. And now he's going to give Isaac a wife from my people. He's not going back. The enemy will put tons and tons of things. And sometimes he uses people that are the closest to you. He don't, they don't mean to. It's just the way it happens. He'll put obstacles and roadblocks to try to keep you from moving forward and living in the what if. You hear me? So you get to choose your perspective. What if? He says, 
Make sure you don't take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household and my native land and who spoke to me and promised me an oath, saying to your offspring, I just read it, I will give this land. He will send his angel before you so that you can get a wife for my son from there. Abraham drew a line. Okay, I'm going to throw this in there. If you're raising children, you better draw some lines. If you're investing, you better draw some lines. If you are whatever it is, you better draw some lines. And I'm not telling you to be so conservative that you never progress. I'm not saying that at all. But you know where God's calling you to. You need to draw some lines. If you're the head of your house, you need to draw some lines. You hear what I'm saying? And then you need to hold the line. We're going to look at that in a second. Abraham says in verse 8, If the woman is unwilling to come back with you, then you will be released from this oath of mine. Only do not take my son back there. He had already experienced, okay, if I offer up Isaac and I do kill him because God called me to, told me to, then he's able to bring him back to life. How do I know that? Because the previous verses said the boy and I are going up to worship and when we're done, we are coming back. He had already seen God's provision. He had already seen God's provision. And so verse 9 tells me this, or verse 8, only do not take my son back there. That tells me that Abraham knew if option A in his mind got closed, option B was ahead. If door one didn't have what I thought was supposed to be behind it, I go through door two in faith. That's where Abraham lived. And the Bible says in the New Testament that Abraham, in the, you know, the, the hall of faith, that Abraham was righteous or deemed righteous or considered righteous because of his faith. And then it says in verse 9, So the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master Abraham and swore an oath to him concerning this matter. Now, if you'll read the following verses, I ain't going to read it to you, it all plays out. Because Abraham continued to live in faith. And so my question to you is this. And I really don't have a question, but in my, in my spirit, my question is, where has God called you that you have yet to take the steps in faith where He will meet you with provision? Do you know that we often don't receive the provision that God has for us because we fail to take a step in faith? Not blind faith. Don't do that. Unless He calls you to. But it's like Peter. When Peter saw and recognized the Lord Jesus and he said, if it is you, tell me to walk to you. And when Jesus said, come, that's when you step. When Jesus says, come, that's when you step. Don't step till he tells you to come. I believe that Abraham had great resolve. Even if he says, we will not, or, or they said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you all know the story. We are not going to bow to you, Nebuchadnezzar, even if you throw us in the fiery furnace. That's a whole other sermon. But I believe he also had resolve. He drew the line and he held the line. He wasn't going back. Okay, now you can take that figurative, literal, how you want to take it. But in our faith, when we start this journey with him, you better put your helmet on, your knee pads, and I'm not telling you it's going to be so bad you can't handle it. But I promise, after three months of 5.30 a.m. workouts, when you get to December and you're outlasting your opponent because you're in shape and you're stronger and you're faster and you're bigger and your weaknesses are, are minimized and your strengths are maximized, I promise you, 
I promise you, I've seen it happen physically and spiritually. The Lord's showing it to me. I promise He will meet you with provision. But we got to have resolve. That's your part. All of God's promises is in the song are yes and amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. And then lastly, I believe that Abraham shows a lot of perseverance to us. As I move in the direction of the promise, he will meet me with provision. Isn't that good? It's the truth, isn't it? Is that not the truth? I mean, how can you ever prescribe what I'm talking about or, or picture what God has for you? And yes, you're going to experience some hardship and loss along the way, but the goodness and the mercy of God will, will pursue you. And eventually that promise of peace again that you need, he's going to give it to you. And as you're going, before you get it, he's got all kinds of hidden treasures for you. He really does. Anybody want to, anybody raise your hand and say, I've experienced what you're talking about? Amen. Yeah, he really does. It's that walk of faith. And so these are three things that I believe are signs of a faithful follower of God. Number one, they have a kingdom perspective. I'm working on that. And I'll be working on that until I pass on. And so are you. But a kingdom perspective. If I walk throughout my day instead of getting mad at people who offend me and I think something's going on in their life, maybe I should pray for them or maybe I should do something good for them. It might change the way that I feel about them and them about me and us about God. You hear what I'm saying? Kingdom perspective. Number two, resolve. Draw some lines. Draw some lines. If you live your life and if you raise children, I'll say it like this. If, if that's how you raise kids, just however, whatever, then I promise you this culture is going to be so attractive that they're going to entice them, they're going to hook them, and then it's going to be hard to get, to get that hook out of them. You hear what I'm saying? You better draw some lines. And it's never too late, ever. Draw some lines on yourself because your example is the most important thing in influencing other people, not your word. It's foolish to expect people to follow our advice and ignore our example. True? And then thirdly, perseverance. And so I'm, I'm done. But for you, the question is this. Are you going to live your life in the what if? Or verse 7 where he says, He will send an angel before you so that you can get a wife for my son from there. He had no idea how that was going to work, but Abraham said he will. Are you going to live in what if? Or are you going to live in he will? You name your own sermon today. Isn't that cool? What if or he will? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. I pray that the seeds that were planted today, that we would be able to go home. And if we have to, God, and I have to do this. If we have to, we sit down, we get out our journal. If we don't have one, we make one. And we write down the things that we feel in our spirit that you've called us to. And then, God, I pray you'd help us to hold us accountable to, to taking those steps of faith. Because I'll be honest with you, I have no idea where I'm going, but I know who's there. You're there. And everybody here feels the same way, God. I know they do. And so what, whatever direction we are moving toward when we think about this world we live in, God, help us to respond to the call as Peter did when you said come. That's our prayer and our desire in this place. If there's anybody here that doesn't know you, today would be a wonderful day to, for them to give their heart and their life to you. If there's anyone here that would like to follow you in the believer's baptism, Lord, I just pray you bring them to my attention. Bring them to me. 
uh, this morning. And uh, we'll, we'll get that done on August the 7th. Lord, thank you. We love you. And we praise you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen.